Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Ta-da! And that's uh, <laughs> that was good. He, Chuck even just did jazz hands, everybody. I did. That's uh, what you have to do that when you say ta-da. Yeah. I think yeah, it's possible. Either that or um, bump your elbow. Right. Right? Yes. Maybe, like, flick the bottom of your chin, like, ta-da. I can't wait to hear your intro. Uh, okay. I've been gnawing on this one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I have I have an idea. I'll try it. All right. This may get edited out. All right. Probably not, though, because it's not bad. But Chuck. Yes. Did you know that I think probably the worst thing humans ever invented, not the nuclear bomb, not sarin gas, not reality TV. <laughs> The second stall in the men's bathroom. The second one in our bathroom? In any public bathroom. What do you mean by second? I think the worst thing that a male human being can do to another male, and I'm just speaking for my gender, (laughs) is to come in and sit down in the stall next to an already occupied stall. So you don't mean second, you just mean more than one. Yeah. Okay. The second through infinity. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know me, I don't do that either. I, no, you are a courteous, fine person who opens the bathroom door, sees one stall occupied, turns around. I guess it's not my time. Maybe I should go find another bathroom. There are other things you can do. <laughs> so, uh, well, you just handled one thing. Like, what, what's the terminology we're going to use here? I like poop. Okay, poop's fine with me too. Feces, fecal matter. <laughs> okay. Poop, uh, poop is way like easier to. I'm gonna say easier to swallow. Excrement just sounds <laughs> gross. Yeah, excrement is gross. Sometimes was, the fun word. I mean, this article uses the word fart. We haven't gotten to the article yet. Hold okay. on, I'm still in my intro. Uh, so I think that that's a horrible assault on a person's humanity to sit down in an already occupied stall to sit down in the stall next to it. Um, you must hate the airport. But I don't. I don't use yeah. a stall in the airport. <laughs> like I. That's I, where, it's like, like literally an emergency yeah, if I... It's like 10 guys pooping next to each other in every airport. Never. Never. Mm-hmm. I think maybe one time in my entire life. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I hate it just as much as before. But now that I've read this article, I understand what's going on next door a little better. Okay. <laughs> That's my intro. I like it. We're talking about the digestive system. Yes, we are. Yes. Uh, which uh, there's some amazing facts right off the bat that Melissa Jeffries, who I'm not familiar with her work, but this is a pretty quality article, if you ask me. To use the word fart. She did. I That may be the only article on the site where that word comes in. I, I find that word Besides tasteless. how farting works. <laughs> is there a... No. No. <laughs> That's in, the, that's in this article, which we'll get to that later, huh? She also has what I think may be one of the best sentences on our website, which is, uh, the digestive team is composed of a bunch of hollow passageways that start at your mouth and end at your anus. Yeah. Pretty much says it all. Yeah. Food goes in one end, waste comes out the other. And we're going to tell you how. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the digestive system. Like, how long is it, man? About 30 feet. Yeah. That's good long length. I mean, if you think about it, what, you're six feet, five nine, five eleven, five ten? Five ten ish. Okay, so five ten. But your entrails 
are 30 feet long. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and the, the one that nailed me was the... Uh, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, the small intestine surface area is the size of a tennis court. Yeah, so basically if you splayed your small intestine, and if you cut it, it loose from uh-huh. the rest of your bowels, splayed it, and unfolded it, because it's the folds that, that get you. If you've straightened it out, you could pretty much play tennis on it, and it'd be regulation size. That's nutty. You've got clay. Not table tennis. Grass. Yeah. Asphalt <laughs> and intestine. Wow. All right. So the cool thing about this article and the, the digestive system period yeah. is that there's a beginning and there's an end. Yeah. And they used ham sandwich in the article, so let's go with that. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, uh, like basically, we're going to now follow what happens to a ham sandwich. The moment you, not even the moment you eat it, starting when you pick it up and bring it to your mouth and it hits the area where your nose can smell it. And so begins the journey. Yeah. To your anus. So, <laughs> so we can do this one, man. I We've know. done way, way more um, tawdry, potentially know, explosive topics than this, man. We can do this. I'm ashamed that I'm a grown man and I titter at that word. So, uh, you, as the sandwich comes to your to your mouth, mm-hmm. um, your nose smells that ham. Yes. Right? And it sends a signal to the brain and says, it's chow time. Let's get this party started. And your brain sends a signal to your salivary glands in your mouth, and they start pumping out saliva. Yeah, like when you say my mouth was watering when I smelled that, it's, yeah. that's exactly what's going on. That's exactly right. Um, now, I think my brain is overactive. You know how people are always like, it sounds like Josh is eating a piece of candy. Yeah. No, I'm just, I overproduce spit because I'm always hungry, and I can smell anything and be like, well, I could go for that right now. Well, not anything, but. Right. Um, so you've got your mouth watering, your saliva, and the reason you salivate is because it has uh, digestive proteins in it called, th- with like uh, amylase. Yes. And amylase is the reason you don't lick your lips. Did you know that? That's why your lips chap when you lick them too much, because you're actually uh, yeah. destroying the, the very thin, delicate skin of your lips with this protein that is designed to break down food. Boy, my, my lips are a mess. Always licking them, picking you, at them. You can't do that, man. I know. Uh, so yeah, Josh, it, the amylase gets to work immediately uh-huh. on the carbs in the bread. Yeah. Uh, when you swallow, it's going to go down your throat, your pharynx. Yeah, and we covered a lot of this in the sword swallowing episode. Yeah, so sure. if you want an even more in depth uh, look at that, go listen to that one. Yeah, but it takes the same path because you don't want your sword going down into your lung, <laughs> no. and you don't want bread going into your lung. So uh, thank you, Epiglottis. Yeah. This little little flap. Yep. That's going to guide it in the right direction almost all the time, unless yep. there's a malfunction. Anytime you swallow, the epiglottis covers the trachea, leaving the esophagus to open up and accept your spit or your bolus. Remember, bolus mm-hmm. is chewed food. Yes. So your sandwich is no longer considered sandwich. It's bolus now. That's right. And I actually choked last week on a sandwich. Like Mama Cass. I did. Uh, and I uh, ended up... <laughs> Blowing it through my nose for the next 10 minutes. Is that even possible? It is. That's horrific. Something happened. I I choked and coughed, and it, you know, went, I guess, entered my nasal passageway. Jeez. And I was literally blowing sandwich out of my nose. Ugh. It was not fun. Did it have mustard? No. Okay, you're lucky it didn't have mustard. <laughs> I don't do that mustard. would have burned. Uh, all right, so now we are, uh, well, we got to point out at the... Uh, the top of the esophagus mm-hmm. is the uh, upper esophageal sphincter. Yes. At the bottom, there's a lower, uh, lower esophageal sphincter. Right, uh, the bottom of your esophagus. Yes. Yeah. 
and they let uh, food in, and then they let it right back out, uh-huh. which is exactly how it should work. Right, and along the way, you have these uh, muscle contractions, remember, called uh, peristalsis. 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 Peristalsis, that is just basically like the, the rings in your esophagus, these yeah. rings of muscles contracting and relaxing, and they are contract above and relax below and push the bolus down. Then when it hits that lower esophageal sphincter, that opens up and it pops into your stomach. And uh, peristalsis is the key to everything. Yeah, throughout the entire process of digestion. Yeah. Basically your about your whole your guts and your stomach are just like contracting and expanding and stirring things up and it's all just basically a bunch of spasmodic muscle contractions. That's right. And it, we'll get to GERD later, but if you have heartburn or genuine GERD, then that means your lower uh, esophageal sphincter is not working right and some of your stomach acid is getting back up in there. Right. As uh, Melissa Jeffries puts it, you have a lazy lower esophageal sphincter. Lazy thing. Uh, and GERD is gastroesophageal reflux disease. I've got it. AKA heartburn. Yeah. Do you have it? Oh, yeah. It stinks. Daily. Yeah. My brother in law had it um, so bad that he, they, they, they at first diagnosed him, misdiagnosed him with a panic attack because his chest was so tight. Yeah. But it hurt so bad that it just like covered his entire chest and it felt like a. Like a heart attack. Basically. Yeah, that's what mine would feel like if I didn't take take my pill. That's awful. Like a good boy. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, the way you have a ham sandwich coming out your nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have bile and other stuff coming up into your esophagus. Mm-hmm. You okay? I, I got problems with the, with my digestive system. Let's okay. just say that. Okay. Okay. So we're in the stomach. Uh, in your stomach is gonna your basic basically the stomach is gonna get everything ready to go to the next step, which is the small intestine. Yeah. By producing all kinds of enzymes and acids to break stuff down. Yeah. And also, uh, mucus to coat the stomach because the acid would damage your stomach. Right. As well, if it wasn't for this protective mucus. Yes. Which is very good that that's there. Yeah, and if you don't have the protective mucus, or your acid can beat your mucus in a wrestling match. That's how you get ulcers, in yeah. one way. One way. Yeah. Um, uh, 20 seconds. Every 20 seconds, though, the stomach is going to go through the peristalsis. Yeah. I think it can do that more frequently because I looked up why your stomach gr- growls, rumbles, uh-huh. gurgles. That's just the sounds of digestion. The reason it happens when you're hungry is because your brain has not only sent a message to your salivary glands to start salivating, it's also sent it to your stomach to start the digestive process because there's food coming. Huh. Uh, so that's why you gurgle when you're hungry. Uh, it also happens when you eat too much or after you've eaten, you're gurgling. It's, that's your stomach contracting. All right. Yeah. So uh, if, if everything goes well and all the stuff in there can be liquefied into chyme, and by the way, don't Google image that. Yeah, bolus converts to chyme. So sandwich into bolus into chyme now. And that's if it can be converted into the chyme, which is liquefied. Um, It's going to get out of your stomach in about 20 minutes. It's a liquefied blob. That's that's a good definition of chyme. Yes, it is. Uh, And not everything can can turn into chyme, though, so that's going to remain. It's going to take a little longer. It takes about an hour to get the more solid stuff out. Right. And that's not a liquefied blob. It's more pasty, a pasty blob. Yes. Uh, and it's not called chyme. That's called yeah. <laughs> Uh So you've got the chyme inside of your stomach, right? It's now in the duodenum. 
Yeah, you, it's it's entered the small intestine, which, as we said, the small intestine is considered the small intestine because the circumference of it is is narrower than the large intestine. But the small intestine is broken into three parts, and the entire point of the small intestine is digestion and absorption, a breakdown of the food materials and then the absorption of the particles that are broken down, right? That's right. So the first part of the small intestine is what, the duodenum? Is yes. that how we're pronouncing it? Eh, maybe duodenum, I think. That's I like what duodenum. I was doing in my head, but I like duodenum. Okay. Uh, and that that's basically a, a big burst of um, enzymes from the pancreas and the liver. Bile from the liver. Yeah, and it starts really breaking down food. Like the, the food's like, no more, no more, and then it leaves the stomach for the small intestines, and it's like out of the frying pan and into the fire for this stuff. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the next two parts are the uh, jejunum and the ileum, and they don't do a lot of breaking down the food. They mainly are absorbing the nutrients before right. you send it to the large intestine. Yeah. And here's this is what gets me, man. I love this. Um, the large intestine is also about absorption too. Some parts of it are, but it's also the biggest function it, it provides is um, preparing waste. It seems like um, the I've always wondered, like, how do you get your nutrients out of food? And this article explains it. Philly, it's awesome, man. Think about this. So this breakdown process, and you have specialized. Enzymes, like some enzymes from your liver are meant to break down like fats, right? Right. And proteins. Your pancreas is meant to break down like um, uh, carbohydrates. So you have specialized enzymes that break down certain things. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have villi, like you said, these little tiny hair-like projectiles. And microvilli. That cover the folds of your small intestines. And then you have microvilli, which are projectiles on the small projectiles. And these things like, you remember, taste buds are uh, or taste receptors are attuned to certain tastes. Uh-huh. These things are attuned to certain nutrients. So they pick up certain types of nutrients and then absorb them through the cell, through the wall of your intestines and into your bloodstream to be delivered throughout your body. That is amazing. Is it? It's amazing. That's an amazing <laughs> process. I'm glad you're knocked out by this. And so basically along the way, this food is traveling down and like it just gets hit by all, like hit and run by all these different proteins that just uh, go into the the walls of your intestines, leaving what's left over. That's right. I, I'm just amazed by that. That's great. Uh, now you're in the large intestine, um, the indigestible parts that is. And this is the last stretch. Here uh, you're going to get, you know, fluid is going to be extracted uh, to produce what you want in the end, which is a solid fecal matter. You don't want it too, not too, too, solid. too watery. You don't want it too solid either, though. Well, no, there's, like a, there's a balance to exactly. be struck. And uh, the large intestine, you know, the bottom, there's three parts to that. The bottom is the, the cecum, and the little appendix dangles off the end of that. Right. Then there's the ascending uh, ascending colon, which goes up, obviously. The transverse colon, which shoots across your body. And then it drops back down to the descending colon. Uh, the first two sections, salts and fluids, are absorbed uh, from the food. Right. Uh, electrolytes. It has electrolytes. That's right. And uh, also bacteria, good bacteria in the colon that are going to ferment and absorb fiber, which is, that's how you get your fiber. Yep. It's pretty amazing. Chuck, we know a little bit about uh, bacteria. Remember the uh, 
little video we made. I don't think it's out yet. Yeah. About healthy bacteria mm-hmm. and how you have really good, like really beneficial colonies of bacteria in your intestines. And um, if your bacteria is not doing the trick or you lose it, you can get a poop transplant. That's right. Which is poop taken from another healthy person, ground <laughs> up in a blender with uh, saline solution maybe, and then injected into the ailing patient. That's right. Basically get a good colony of, of bacteria going in the intestine. Which is a great thing. It works, man. Uh, poop is going to move about a centimeter per hour through your large intestine, so it's a lot, a lot slower than your small intestine. And it, it does this with the help of more mucus produced on the inside of your large intestine to help the poop move through. And then, you know, at that point, you basically have one in the chamber. That's gross, Chuck. As they say. So that's the that's the that's the path. Yeah, if you were if you're a bite of ham sandwich, that's what happens to you. Um, that's all you see. But there's other things at play. There's other factors, other, other organs, lots um, involved in this. And I looked up the spleen. Spleen's immune system. I thought that for sure the spleen had something to do with digestion. It has like almost no role in digestion whatsoever. Oh yeah. Basically, the two big organs outside of the actual digestive system that play a major role in digestion are the liver, which, by the way, makes up, what, 2.5% of your body weight? Did you know that? Yeah, it's a big organ. I had no idea. And do not look up cirrhosis in Google Images either. Yeah. Ugh. You realize, you know, you say that a lot. You tell people not to look things up. You know that every time you do, people go look things up. Yeah, that's why I tell it. Um, so the liver, like we said, creates bile which is a brownish-yellowish fluid that's designed to uh, break down fats and proteins. Um, And the liver stores this extra bile it produces in the gallbladder. And you say, well, wait a minute, I have my gallbladder taken out. Not to worry. The liver has it covered. It just stores extra bile and bile ducts, right? That's right. The pancreas, pancreas creates enzymes that are designed to break down things like carbs, I believe, um, also fats and proteins as well, but for the most part, um, the liver handles that. So basically both of these, these organs are producing these proteins. They're shooting them into your intestines, particularly your small intestine. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're helping break down your food. That's right. But that's not all. And peristalsis is, is helping this whole time. It's making everything move around involuntarily. Right. Contracting, relaxing, that's yeah. what it's all about. And especially in the stomach, too. It's basically like a, a washer on the wash cycle. Yeah. You know, a washing machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, glands are very important. If you didn't have glands, then you wouldn't be secreting anything. Right. And you need all these juices. Yeah. Acids, enzymes. Uh, the glands basically start in your mouth with saliva and go all the way you know, through the stomach. Not, I mean, it doesn't go all the way. I don't think you well, anal glands. I think those are just in dogs. I don't think yeah. humans have those, <laughs> and not just in dogs, but you know, I don't think we have anal glands. We should look that up. Yeah, and uh, hormones are really important, like super important. They basically control everything. Yeah, as far as starting off each process. Yeah. So, well, a hormone. It doesn't matter what your what your body's doing. A hormone is a chemical signal, and specifically with digestion, you've got gastrin. Um, it tells the stomach to produce acid. Secretin um, tells the pancreas 
to do its thing. Same with the liver. Um, and uh, what else does it talk to? The stomach. Yeah. So basically, secretin says, go start secreting your juices, right? Yeah. And then CCK, which, if I may, cholecystokinin. Colu. Cholecystokinin. Colu. Cholecystokinin. Yeah. That was very close. You're much better at pronouncing things than me. Well, I, I look it up. CCK basically says, hey, pancreas, hey, gallbladder, we need some more stuff. And they give it to them. So basically the hormones are running throughout the body saying, you, 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 start. That's right. There's food afoot. Uh, there are other hormones. And we covered these, uh, ghrelin and peptide YY. Where did we cover that? Was that in? I don't remember, but I got it totally backwards. What, the first time we did it? Yeah. I said that ghrelin um, was the stomach signal that it was full, but oh, it's yeah. the exact opposite. Yeah, it means you're hungry. Yeah, the stomach and the small intestine produce the hormone ghrelin, and it, that communicates to the brain to say, get some food in here. Do we get listener mail on that or something? Yeah, a lot of it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and then peptide YY does the opposite. It says, whoa, we're very full. Or as I like to call it, peptide Y, Y. Yeah. I don't <laughs> eat until I hurt any longer. Do you? Uh, No. Yeah. It's just... Uh, it's just, I don't get it. Anymore. It's so American. Yeah, it is pretty American. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, and Peptide YY says, whoa, whoa, we got enough. Just stop stop feeding, fat boy. That's right. Uh, nerves play a big part. Um, extrinsic nerves are in the, in the unconscious part of the brain in the spinal cord. And here, you know, the main, fun- you got acetylcholine and adrenaline. The main function of acetylcholine is to signal all this peristalsis, all this muscle contraction. Right. And basically, adrenaline shuts it down when there's no food. Right. Saying you don't need to keep contracting and relaxing and moving around. Just take a take a chill pill. Right. And those are conducted by extrinsic nerves, which are in the brain and spinal cord, right? Yeah. The intrinsic nerves are uh, located in the actual guts. And what's cool is they circumvent the brain. They're activated by basically the pressure of food in your intestine. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. Usually the brain isn't bypassed. No, it's generally the the seed of everything. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, you know, that's digestion. We should talk about all the stuff in your food and what it means. Yeah. Like carbs. This This is the amazing part that I was talking about earlier, where it's just absorbed. Yeah. You know, this is where it happens. It's got to go somewhere. On this molecular level. Uh, carbs are broken down by all these juices, uh, absorbed into the small intestine and then eventually the blood. Um, starch in the bread, if you're eating bread, same thing's going to happen to that, but it's also going to produce a byproduct called glucose, which will give you some energy Yep. there in your liver. Yep. It will give your whole body energy, but stored in the liver at least. It will give your whole body energy eventually when your liver releases and burns it. That's right. So carbs aren't a dirty word. No, you just have to be careful what kind of carbs you're you're taking in. Yeah. Some are definitely better than others. Complex carbohydrates are generally better than simple carbohydrates. Sure. But remember, you know, not too long ago, everyone thought bread was like an evil thing on the planet all of a sudden. Well, if you want to lose weight really fast, stop eating bread. It's as simple as that. It doesn't make it evil, though. That's one way. Um, protein, remember, you've got... Um, so your specialized enzymes, some coming from the pancreas, but most of it coming from the, the liver and the gallbladder to break this stuff down ultimately into amino acids. 
Yeah. And the amino acids are what are absorbed and taken throughout your body. Amino acids are the building blocks of all life. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Uh, and then vitamins, as my English friends say. You have an English friend. Uh, I've got more than one. What, are you collecting them? Yeah. <laughs> How many English friends do you have? i got dozens. Uh, vitamins are, uh, there's a couple of kinds, uh, water-soluble and fat-soluble. Uh, B and C are the ones that are water-soluble, and they are easily absorbed along with water in the small intestine, but they also are easily gotten rid of. Passed. Through your urine. Yep. And then you got the fat-soluble, which we're talking about A, D, and K, and they're absorbed just like fat, and then they are stored, once they're absorbed, they're stored in uh, lipocytes. I think it's lipocytes. I like lipo. Okay. Do you say liposuction or liposuction? I say liposuction. Do you? Yeah. I always go with the lie. <laughs> That's one I didn't look up, actually. I looked up all these other pronunciations. Lipocytes. Like lipids. Fats. Yeah. Or like lipo. <laughs> or like lipids. Um, so that's it, man. That's that's the digestive process as it's ideally meant to function. That's right. It doesn't always function like that, though, you know? doesn't function like that for me ever. There's a lot of problems that can arise. <laughs> Apparently you have all of them. No, not all. Um, there's also some, uh, I guess, impoliteness that can arise. It's just a matter of course, just a normal normal doing business. Yeah. Like belching, mm-hmm. right? If you eat especially quickly, uh, you're going to get a lot of air trapped in your stomach. Or soda, obviously. Yeah. Basically, any, soda. anything that has to do with air getting trapped in your stomach uh, it re- uh, ends up as a belch or burp because I just it, belched. That's that's good stuff. I sat up straight. And that's how I. That's what usually does it for me. Yeah, all it is is um, basically your your esophagus uh, pushing this air from your stomach out of your mouth rather quickly. Three to four burps is normal after a meal. Yeah, <laughs> say anything more than that, you might have an ulcer. Perhaps, yeah. or maybe you're just gassy. Well, gas is something different, right? Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, Vomiting—that's normal. It's considered normal to vomit three or four times after each meal. No, that's not true at all. That's very dangerous. Oh, in did fact. I misread that? Yes, uh, vomiting is normal if you have—it's um, usually bad bacteria irritating your system, and a signal is sent: "Hey, you got to get this out of here." Yep. And it's really that easy. He's ruining the party. Have That's you ever right. heard uh, Jim Brewer's little bit about all the different alcohol coming no. into your stomach and, and finally, like, I, I can't remember which one comes in. And it's like and ruins all, the party. Ev- like everybody's. <laughs> it's like a shot of Jaeger at the end yeah, of the I night. Think, I think that might be what it is. That's fine. Um, then we talked a little bit about GERD before. Chuck, you're one of uh, 22 million Americans. You know that? I'm in good company. Who has GERD? Yeah. 700,000 trips to the hospital each year in the U.S. alone. Yeah, I don't. I just manage it through over-the-counter stuff. And it 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 handles it for you. Yeah, for the most part. But it's not good to. I mean, my doctor told me he's like, yeah, this isn't good to live with this for your life. So what are you gonna do? I don't know. You just, get a new esophageal sphincter? I'm gonna do nothing, like I always do. Well, I mean, what can you do? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I know there are surgeries, but I don't know what, you know, how involved that is. I don't want it. I will study, and I you find the lowest price for surgery, okay. and I'll beat it by half. What are you in Costa Rica? <laughs> 
They're big for uh, dentistry now. Costa Rica? Oh, yeah. Huh. Like good dentistry. Uh, That's a lot cheaper. How else do you get big at something? you got to be good well, at it. Well, by being really cheap. <laughs> um, peptic ulcers, man. That's another problem uh, that actually w- we walked right past in uh, the 10 scientists who use themselves as guinea pigs oh, yeah? episode. So peptic ulcers, you remember when, when we were kids, like Tums and Rolades, it was like, oh, I'm stressed out or right. I got a lot of, I got a deadline at work. I got oh, ulcers. Oh, you're giving me an ulcer. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. Ulcers, it turns out, are uh, caused largely most of the time by a, a bacteria called Heliobacter pylori. H. pylori. H. pylori. Uh, and there was a guy, an Australian um, physician, I think he's a physician or at least a biologist, I can't remember, maybe a, a bacteriologist. We'll find out, I'm sure. But this is like listener mail on listener mail. Yes. That's how bad this is. No. Anyway, his name's Barry Marshall, and he figured out that it was H. pylori that was probably causing peptic ulcers. To prove it, he drank a culture of that bacteria and then cured himself with antibiotics. That's right. And he developed peptic ulcers in the interim and showed, like, yeah, that's what it is. He won a Nobel Prize for it. Really? Yep. Wow. Uh, Anti-inflammatory sometimes can cause those as well, and I think that's probably, like, an abundance of anti-inflammatories. Really? Yeah, I don't think if you take like an Advil, you're going to get a peptic ulcer. Gotcha. But an, an ulcer of any kind basically is something has gone into uh, your stomach and has compromised your stomach or your intestines and has compromised the lining, that mucus. By way of a hole. And, right. And yeah. Well, all those acids are then allowed to eat through and you have holes in it. That's right. not fun. Uh, stomach bug I get once a year. Once? Usually once. Which way does it come out? Both. Oh, at the same time, have you ever done that? I have. That is awful. <laughs> That's so awful. Yeah, that happened to me once. Um, I I guess I, I probably get those. I, mean, I would think more than once a year. It seems like I need to start paying attention. Yeah? Yeah, I, I don't know. It always. I'll like, tell you next year. Okay. Okay. My my flu always comes by way of the stomach. It seems like I, I don't never, I don't have like the regular flu that much. It's right. You don't. You get like septic flus. <laughs> That's right. Peptic flus. No septic. Wasn't it like a septic stomach bug or something? Oh, like that? I don't know. You were green. I've yeah. never seen a human being green before. <laughs> oh, you poor guy. I forgot about that. Uh, lactose intolerant. I am also that. To what? A certain, yeah, to a certain degree. Really? Yeah, like if I eat pizza, yeah, then I, I'm having troubles. So here, this is a a rare tri trifecta trivergence, we'll call it, of this episode, the cheese episode, yeah, and the gluten episode, the celiac episode. Yep. Right, because in the celiac episode, I said we were talking about casein. And I was like, casein, that's probably just a, another word for lactose, and, and that's what people are intolerant of. Right. Well, that was totally incorrect, as we found out in the cheese episode, because in the cheese episode, remember, casein is the main fat in cheese, right? Right. Uh, so now we're here, and I'm correcting it. Great. Yeah, all three are conjoined by mistakes and regret. Um, did we even say what it was? Lactose intolerant means you can't digest milk sugar? Yeah. Okay. Lactose. Yeah. Not everyone knows what that is. Have you ever had the milk, the lactose-free milk? No, I drink a lot of uh, almond milk these days, though. It's really good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
Emily's on the soy. She's been on that for. Tell her to try years. almond milk. I think it's better. I don't think she ever would. Tell her to try it. Emily, try it. I call it soy juice, so it bugs her. Yeah. Because it's not milk. It's, well, coconut milk. It's considered milk. Don't you consider coconut milk milk? Uh, Same thing. Mm, Same thing. Coconut juice. No, it's coconut milk, and everybody calls it that. Well, everyone calls soy milk soy milk. Right. But it ain't milk to me unless it comes out of a teat. <laughs> a bison teat? <laughs> a bison teat. Um, all right, so we should cover the other end of the problems um, near your bottom end. This like, is this is the good part. Like IBD, yeah, this in, is, inflammatory bad. bowel disease. It's structural. Yeah, not to be confused with IBF. IBD is really like you say horrific. IBF. IBS. Sorry. Oh, okay. I thought there was one I didn't have. I was pretty excited there for a second. <laughs> um, there's two types, major types of IBD: uh, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. About six hundred thousand Americans are are afflicted by this each year. And basically, there are ulcers in the intestines that lead to cramps, diarrhea, intestinal bleeding. Not fun. No. Did you know that they're, and it may be like local law in some places, but they're trying to pass legislation that if you are a Crohn's patient and you tell somebody like in a public, like a business or something that doesn't provide public restrooms, mm-hmm. that you have Crohn's and you need to use their restroom, this, legisla- this legislation would make it a crime to not let a person <laughs> with Crohn's disease seriously would not use the bathroom. No, I think if somebody tells you I have Crohn's disease, that I I guess they, the assumption would be that you would just have to be a total jerk to use that. <laughs> but even if even if you are encountering a jerk, it's worth having to put up with that jerk than to like not let a person with Crohn's use your bathroom. Is this federal? That's last I heard. Here's the thing, though. You do that, and they're like, "Whatever, dude. I don't. I've never heard of that." They kick you out. So what, you can go back and have them fined or something. Yeah. But and then that, that doesn't the help news, your problem, though. No, it doesn't right then, but then the news picks it up and yeah. other people start talking about That's it, true. and then it, awareness develops. It starts, it takes a village. <laughs> um, IBS? Yeah, IBS. So IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, is structural. Like there's something structurally wrong with your intestines, like you said. Yeah. IBS is functional where there doesn't appear to be anything wrong. You don't have any cysts or there's not like a hole in it or something like that, but it's not functioning properly at all. So you have like cramps and gas and... Diarrhea. Yeah, just the, the whole nine. Um, and it, the, apparently it's uh, it responds to stress, hormonal changes, antibiotics, which makes me think that it would have something to do with that healthy, beneficial bacteria colony in your intestines. Yeah. Well, and they think your brain isn't communicating with your intestines properly. Yeah. But they're not sure. No, we don't know. So in the meantime, people with IBS have to probably medicate. <laughs> Do we need to talk about celiac? Well, no. Go listen to the ce- how celiac disease works. What was it called? Uh, something about gluten. Yeah. Should, should I not eat gluten or something like yeah, that? Yeah, good one. That's what it's called. I think. Yeah. That, go listen to that one. You'll learn all about celiac. And you'll hear my now famous mistake about casein. Flatulence. 
Yeah. Or as Melissa Jeffrey says, farting. Uh, the digestive process produces gases, as we all know. Methane, of course. Also a little hydrogen and CO2. Yeah. And uh, when the rectum senses that there's some gas in there, taking up space, sends a signal to the brain, the sphincter relaxes, and out it comes. Thank you. And what is normal? Uh, normal is something like three pints of gas per day that's built up and then released in 10 to 25 instances a day. <laughs> Increments. That's a lot. <laughs> I don't think I, I shoot ducks that often. We should keep count. Uh, okay. We'll start tomorrow. Start first thing in the morning. But you gotta get we Yumi. We should keep it alive. You gotta get Yumi to like stay up all night though and, you know, cause it's some of the, some of the stuff happens while you're asleep. Oh yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't, Considered or set up a microphone or a smellometer. <laughs> do you have a smellometer? I do. It's attached to um, my chest, okay. and it shocks me every time <laughs> it senses something. Constipation. Something actually I've never been afflicted with. That's good, man. That's good. That's what they call a reprieve. It is. Um, constipation is pretty straightforward. Uh, in Functionally, it just means that your intestine's not moving very fast. Yeah. I mean, you remember when you're in your lower intestine, uh, especially in the colon, the um, the chyme or whatever it's called by that time, the Ooh. waste is being stripped of water yeah. and salts. Um, and if to it sits it in there too long, yeah. right? But also to recycle that stuff. Um, and if it if it stays in there too long, it can become dry and hard and difficult to pass. Yeah, hard poop is a term yeah. in our household. Hard poop? Yeah. And then... <laughs> this one is so gross. And then the opposite, diarrhea, um, is just the... It, well, it's just the opposite. It means you have an overactive lower intestine yeah. that is passing stuff too quickly and is not absorbing fast enough. So you have wet poop. And I don't want to get into it. But there is a thing called the Bristol Stool Scale, and it is Yumi's favorite poster in the world. There is a like you, you have the illustration of the digestive system. Yeah. There is a medical illustration poster of like I think it's seven, six or seven different Oops. types of poop hmm. from stuff that just like is like nothing but floating fats yeah. to a very hard, like, black poop. And the different types are, you want to hit somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I had a doctor say once that soft-serve ice cream is what you're looking for. Hmm. I didn't I, I always thought it I would should be a little harder than that. Yeah, yeah. Soft-serve ice cream, I don't think so. This is a I dietitian, think, I, too. I think, you're, I think your doctor's full of it. Well, this is one of those, I like... your doctor's full of stool. This is one of those wacky uh, dietitian guys, you know? Oh, gotcha. It's like, oh, you need to change everything you eat, which he's probably right. Probably. <laughs> um, and diarrhea apparently happens um, to most Americans about four bouts a year, which I was astounded to hear that. How many a day? No, I mean, I just, I figure people got diarrhea more than four times a year. Yeah. Not, not, most people don't eat as much crystals as you and I do. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, crystal. Crystal Burgers. Oh, gotcha. White Sorry. Castle for our northern friends. Yeah. Yeah. So our apologies to Crystal and White Castle, and our apologies really to every single one of your mothers, because I'm sure you laughed at this, 
We said poop a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Said you, fart. You said the F word. I said teat. Yeah, teat was in there. Um, so I'm glad everybody made it through this one. Good going. Uh, hopefully you learned a little bit about your own digestive system. It's and a miracle. How it functions. It is. It is amazing how the whole thing happens. So uh, if you want to learn more about digestion, there's even some stuff we didn't touch in here, uh, like like cow digestion. Yeah. Type in digestive system in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and it will bring up this fine, fine article. And I said search bar, so it's time now for listener mail. You want to give a, a this is Kiva-based. Yeah. So you want to give a quick overview there? <clears throat> Okay, uh, Kiva is an organization, a website that allows schmoes like us, mm-hmm. who have an extra 25 bucks laying around, to lend it to people in, say, the third world, who can actually buy a substantial amount of supplies or um, clothing or whatever, and then use it uh, to sell in their business to become well-off enough so that they don't have to take loans anymore and can, in turn, be peaceful Democracy loving times. And where is our team? Our team is kiva.org slash team slash stuff you should know. And we our team has gotten pretty great. Well yeah, where are we financially? Oh gotcha. Yeah. So we have a team of that's also third, third in size behind the Christians and the well no. Behind the uh, atheists and the Christians and then team stuff you should Isn't know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty nuts. That makes us a re- pseudo religion. I didn't want to right? say it, but no? I'm glad someone did. <laughs> um, so our team, uh, with their religious fervor, has loaned Chuck. I'm going to let you say it. More than, I didn't get the exact number, but we surpassed $750,000. In loans. In loans. In in like two years. Yeah. Two years or one year? Two. Yeah, you're right. I think. Yeah, we just had our second anniversary. Right. And uh, Glenn and Sonia are our uh, awesome... I'm going to call them official team captains at this I, point. We, if they weren't official, Chuck, I say we officially at this moment yeah. designate them our Kiva team captains, Glenn and Tony. And they're awesome, and they keep up with it, and they set our goals. Uh, he actually, Glenn, figures his stuff out like yeah. by the month when we can hit this goal. Mm-hmm. And our next one is obviously a million bucks, which is staggering. Yep. And he's calling it the Million Dollar March because it's due in March. Nice. If we have a nice holiday giving season. And I think we are. Like, I saw a couple people out there that had, like, some really amazing stats about their own their own lending. Yeah. I got a few sitting there, actually. I need to reloan. Yeah. I just, they've caught up to me. Really? Yeah. I, well, you just had reloan day, and I haven't gone and looked. Yeah. I need to. It's always nice. Okay. Uh, and a special um, shout to Josiah and Janelle. Yeah. They are on our team. They are uh, a U.S. couple living in Korea. I think... They're teaching, teaching English, yeah, yeah. So they're not they're not raking in money here. Yeah. They have loaned four hundred times, dude, to the tune of ten thousand dollars. And yeah, boom, that's, that's a lot. That makes me feel really bad. Ten thousand dollars in loans in Kiva. Yeah, that's making a significant difference. But the cool thing is, is they are loans, and if they so decided, they could get their money back. Yeah. But doesn't look like they are. No, well, unless it over. this is their retirement plan. So that I mean, if you're not joining Kiva at this point, then you got something wrong. with Something's you. wrong with you for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like the the fact that that who is it, Janelle and 
uh, Janelle and Josiah. Janelle and Josiah, thank you so much for doing that. The fact that they loan ten thousand dollars is not like that's not the standard. That's incredible. It's mind blowing. Yeah. There's a lot of people on the team who've loaned a couple times here or there, but uh, if you go and look at you know what it takes for a loan to be fulfilled, twenty five bucks like makes a difference. Oh pretty yeah. Pretty quick. The the people who are looking for loans often are asking for far less than a thousand dollars. Yeah. And they can take that dough. Again, what what a grand here, twenty five dollars here, mm-hmm. is exponentially more in another country. That's right. Um, even in this economy. <laughs> so if you want to join our Kiva team, we're always happy to have new people, especially if you actually provide a loan. Yeah. And not just join the team. Yeah. I've never gotten that of you. You can do that. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Um, you can go to kiva.org slash team slash stuff you should know and join. Yeah, you can buy uh, Christmas gifts, gift certificates. Yeah, they're great mm-hmm. gift certificates because it, after they're repaid, the person can either loan them or they got the 25 bucks. So you, you can be helping two people at the same time. But you can also find a lot out about your nephew, what kind of person he is, <laughs> by what he does when reloan day happened. You yeah, know? that's right. Um, again, kiva.org slash team slash stuff you should know. And if you want to talk to us, you want to communicate with Chuck and I, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can uh, join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash stuff you should know. You can join the 50,000 on Facebook. Heck yeah. Uh, or you can email us at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?